I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards. Like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Really? No, really. Today's topic, Peter, is tipping. And I don't mean like cow tipping, although that's a phenomenon we should probably delve into one day. I'm talking about the phenomenon How bored do you have to be to be If cow tipping exists, how bored do you have to be to do that? Apparently it exists, and and it's all the rage in certain places. What satisfaction do you get? Oh, he's over. Yeah. Now you got to help him up again. Right. And our topic is really, if you want to get down to the really, no, really, no matter what you do for a living, ladies and gentlemen, no matter what it is, maybe somebody owes you a tip. Really? No, really. And, and by the way, I didn't know how, about this, how exciting. I mean, we talked to adventures. We talked to rock stars. We talked to a lot of different people. Yeah. And you brought up tipping. And I started mentioning to people, everybody seems to be outraged. And there was, I, I don't know if people are aware of this, but there was a New York Magazine article where they tried to define tipping Why did today. you roll your eyes when you said New York Magazine? Why, why no, I didn't right roll my eyes. I had to look down to see. Uh, it looked like a definitive eye roll no, to no, me. No, no, no. Well, if you're watching on YouTube, roll back the <clears> tape. Did Peter roll his eyes? And David Guggelheim will tell us at the end of the show, I'm sure. By the way, New York now Magazine. I'm rolling my eyes. <laughs> so you have a comparison, a control group and a comparison. So they come out with this article that where they're going to define what tipping is. A, it starts at 20%. Forget below. Right. Bottle of water, a dollar. And all these categories now of right. service that I go, so it used to be, you knew who to tip. Right. You kind of knew who to tip. Now? You knew who to tip, you knew who to schmear, which is another whole thing. And you knew who to bribe. Right. There were different stuff. Like at a nightclub, <laughs> you give the, the guy bribe, 20, he gets close. you that. Right, right. right. Yes, That's not close. a tip. Right. And then there's others where you, you, they're saving your life. But tipping now has gone insane. No one has the rules, but everybody's acting like they have the rules. So right. I reached out to the foremost tipping expert in the world. His name is Michael Lynn, nationally recognized expert in tipping. He's written over 70 research publications on the topic. He's been covered by the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, everybody, all of the networks, including NPR, and now us. He was a former service worker in the industry, as was I. I don't know if you, did you ever work for a living? I was, or did I ever act, work or, for or a always, living? Or, or always active. How dare you? <laughs> 
I was I was never a waiter, which is the typical other job. For, I was a busboy. Oh, okay, all right, uh, so and, and not good at that. So, so they oh, certainly I, they certainly didn't move me up to the wait staff. I got fired. I <laughs> ate more shrimp on the way out, and the guy finally said, "There's free shrimp on there." So it was be seventeen, and he goes, he, "Let me smell your breath." I go, "No," and I was fired. Anyway, he did all of that, but he also got his PhD in social psychology from Ohio State and has taught in the marketing departments of business and hospitality schools since 1988 and professor of services marketing at the Cornell University School oh, well, of this, Cornell. This is the guy. I'm not even allowed on the this campus of Cornell. This is the guy. This is the guy. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Michael Lynn. Hi, thank you for inviting me. Of course. Pleasure, pleasure There'll be a little own. extra something in your envelope at the end of this, by the way. First thing I got to <laughs> ask you is, you're a tipping expert. Why Why would you become a tipping? It's fascinating. I'm glad you are. But why that area? Why do you decide I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get into this in a big way? Well, I worked for tips to help pay my way through school. Uh, and I noticed that there were people that I thought were worse servers than me making more money. And you kind of wonder why. So I decided it would be an interesting subject for study. Well, wait. And so what? What? I, I got to go right to that. Why, in your experience with these people, why were they making more money than you? Because I was really good at the technical aspects of service, but not at the social aspects. Uh -huh. And people who could chat the customer up got better tips. Which is probably why I'm assuming uh, actors are pretty good waitstaff people because they can at least, you know, we're, we engage with people for a living to try and get, you know, our, our, our primary job. So, But, but, but to that point. I'm always sitting with you at lunch, and yeah. I go, and the most important part of this, are you guys having, it, the interruptions make me crazy, too. It's it's the guy who engages too much that you go, God, dude. Well, you have my favorite line where a guy says to you, if you need anything, my name is Steven, and you say. And if I don't need anything, what's your name, Ralph? <laughs> First of all, bad, really bad English. <laughs> Horrible. But but it's interesting how wait staff, like you said, gets treated by personality, appearance, race. There's all kinds of stuff. But let's back up and go to the beginning for a minute. Can you give everybody just a like a bullet point history of tipping, like where it came from, how it got started, and, how and why it's even called tipping or anything like that? Wow. There's lots of stories, and I don't know how much they're true. I'm not a historian. People have argued that TIPS stand, it's an acronym that stands for to ensure promptitude. Mm. And back in 14th century England, people would wrap notes with coins with the word to ensure promptitude. But that's almost certainly not true because acronyms didn't become popular uh, until mm. the 1930s, and tipping way predates that. Um, people have argued that it comes from an old gypsy or thieves' cant, uh, tipper me, give, meaning give me. Huh. I've also heard my favorite theory is that it comes from tippler or tipple. And that tipping evolved in eating and drinking places as a way to forestall the server's envy. Because after all, when you're at a bar or a restaurant eating, you're having fun and the person serving you is working. It would be natural for them to envy you the fun you're having. And to keep that from happening, tipping evolved as a way of saying, hey, don't envy me because I'm having fun, you're working. Here's some money, you can have a drink on me after work. Oh, all right. And if you look at the word for tip in many languages around the world, it does translate to money for drink or drink money. Really? Uh, no, really. Yeah. I did not know that. That's why we do this. That's what you're exactly. Oh, that's the reason. <laughs> <laughs> 
we finally figured it well, out. Well, all right. So if that's the so, has as far as you know, has tipping always been a percentage business? Because that's certainly what we think of it as now, at least in, in restaurants and bars and and food food industry. Certainly, tipping became really prominent in this country uh, after the Civil War. People traveled to Europe, brought it back with them, uh, and then at the end of uh, the 19th century, and it really became common at the beginning of the 20th century. If you go back to that point in time and look at etiquette books, uh, yeah, certainly in restaurants and and hotels, a percentage tip was common even back then. It wasn't 30% like it is today, but it was a percentage. Wait a minute. It went up to 30? See, let's address that in a minute. But, 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 really? Tipping, no, really? Oh, Lawrence, I'm in trouble. Oh, oh, my God. Am I in trouble? Yes, I thought are. I was a good she tipper. Now, take- oh, my God. Oh, my God. I apologize to everyone. I thought I was doing great at 25. Now so, it's 30. So a couple oh my of things God. that we should set the bar in, and let's get to specific numbers. People listening, we're going to give you guidance on all the areas that you go, I don't know what to do here. So... Seinfeld and Curb were obsessed with tipping. There's the episode of Curb where, where you, Jason, is sitting with Larry, and you won't share what your tip is. We're splitting the check, but and this was a scenario that Larry came up with. We're splitting the check, and we're each adding our own tip, and he inquires of me what I'm leaving for the tip, and I don't want to tell him. And I thought I thought that was a strange premise, but is that... Is that, have you heard of that being typical? People don't want to sh- give equal tips. One one party wants to be the bigger fellow, and so they want to seem like the more gracious, gregarious, generous type. Or they don't want to be the cheap one, right? right? Yeah, and then, by the way, that sets off a war because it's an, oh, now I'm forced to give what you gave because you're embarrassed. This whole thing has become about embarrassment. Hotels are notorious, and I never know this. Thank God I don't travel much at state hotels. What's the etiquette, Michael? Of the 11 people who are going to get you to your room, it seems like a handoff, a handoff, a handoff. Do, does everybody get something? If you're willing to give it to them, they do. Yeah. Oh, you have that look, attitude. I'm not, I, look, I'm not an etiquette expert. And then what are we doing here? What the hell are we He's doing? A <laughs> he, doesn't care. he doesn't care about the etiquette. He's saying, I'm interested in what people do, why they do it, what servers can do to increase their tips, why tipping norms vary across countries. I don't want to hold myself out as a tipping etiquette. The one thing that's perhaps worth saying is there is no tipping God, right? There's no central authority who Hallelujah. bestows from heaven tipping norms. Tipping guidebooks, for the most part, do a reasonably good job of describing what is typical or common. Uh, but with the fast-changing pace of what's happening in tipping today, you're going to see people asking for tips like restaurant carryout. It's quite common now for them to ask you for a tip when you go to pick up <laughs> a restaurant meal that you're going to take home for yourself. And you might think, everybody's asking for it. This is the new norm. And, and I haven't seen recent data, but prior to the pandemic around, tw- you know, 2019, right. only about a third of people tipped in that circumstance. So if 70% Whoa. of people are not tipping, is it really a norm? I Good would say point. No. My, The reason I wanted Michael on was I read an article where a guy said, you know, here's the norm today. And Michael actually went, after norms, and that's why I booked them. Because, because it really is getting to the point, you know, Jim Jeffries, a comedian, pointed out, bus drivers doesn't get a tip. 
Unless it's a bus driver from the airport to your car, then he gets a tip. Well, Hairdre hairdresser gets a tip. Dentist, who also makes you look good, doesn't get a tip. He says it's arbitrary what service workers should get tips. And well, what that's exactly because the example I was going to give, and this is this perplexes me. This really does. So if I go into a Starbucks and I order a latte, uh, somebody is making it in the back. They usually bring it to the person who's rung me up. They hand it to me, and I I'm putting a tip in the tip jar. If I go to the McDonald's drive-thru and I order a coffee, there's still somebody in the back making the coffee, bringing it to the window. That person's putting it back. But there's no tip expected. Same exact services, but one seems to be, uh, has normalized tipping, and the other one, there, there is no, there, there's no not sense. even a system right, to right, tip. Right. That's what it, how, how, how is this possible? I'm not sure exactly why we tip baristas and not counter workers uh, at uh, quick service places. But if I had to guess, I would guess that the barista, it looks more like a bar setting. And so it's easier to generalize our habit of tipping bartenders to baristas. So it's the environment. It's the environment. I, I think Kinda. the environment has... It plays a role, absolutely. But I would imagine in a bar setting that one of the reasons that you're tipping, uh, now I'm not a big drinker, but I, I, but you know, if you're not running a tab, if you're paying for your drink, you know, per drink delivered, I would imagine the tip is like, hey, maybe on the next drink he pours me an extra finger full of, you know, of, of oh, whatever. Of I mean, that you're you're sort of saying, hey, you you take care of me, I'll take care of you, and there's an ongoing suggestion. Of bribe. There's but, a bribe component. There is. That's bribe. Yeah, yeah, I want yeah. something for this. Right. I'm assuming that, that 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 would be sort of why, but that isn't going to get, what is that going to get me at the Starbucks? I mean, you know, <laughs> extra foam? What am I going to get? Uh, yeah. Well, how often do you go to the same Starbucks? Um, I don't have it. Well, I don't have a regular Starbucks. But a lot really of people, there you go. A lot of people okay. feel that they know the people. And right, then you're embarrassed because right. it's like, and they start telling you the hardship stories. So <laughs> the other thing about tipping is in Seinfeld that there's an episode where with the Calzone where George is upset and I relate to this, and everybody listening probably relates to this, because the guy didn't see him leave the tip. And it ends up with George taking the tip out to put it back in again. He gets caught and barred from the place as a thief. So while we were discussing this episode, I said to Jason, I got to admit, like I'm at the pizza place down the hill from my house. And I always do, because he always gives me my stuff and then turns to walk and do something. The next guy, and I always go, hey, and here's a little, I always announce that I make sure you are, it's the, you're going to get this if I put it on the card, right? <laughs> or or I, I put the thing. I always have to announce right, what right, I've right. done because you want you want tip credit. Right. Of because course. you don't know what they're going to do your food. Oh, that's the guy without the tip credit credit yeah. last time. Um, that is an And yet you get mad. And yet you get mad when they swivel the thing around and ask you to tip in front of them. Okay. This, and I <laughs> know this is your thing. So the swivel, doing the swivel. This <clears> is the new thing that pisses me off. Because now not only am I nervous about who to tip, but now I've got an audience and performance anxiety. A, they swivel the screen around. The font you can see from the moon. It's, and it gives you choices. Doesn't start at 5, 10, 15. No, I suck. It starts at 15, 20, 30, your bank account, yeah. your IRA. Sign it. <laughs> and everybody standing behind you can see it and see what you're doing. So now not only people who you're with, it used to be people I were with would judge me on the tip. Now it's complete strangers. I can hear in the background, oh, this, this. It's like, really? Screw you. There's so much, pre there's so much pre pressure. And Jason, poor Jason, celebrity. 
you got to give a good tip every time. Well, that's the thing. If you give an underwhelming tip and somebody sees it, you know, they go, hey, some guy left me a crappy tip. If I do it, it's, it's all over social media. So, I, I, you know, first of all, I tend to, I'm a big believer in, I am disproportionately paid for what I do. I should pay Hallelujah. it forward. Hallelujah. You know, I so I, I try yes, and yes. people who are performing a service for me, I try and compensate them, yes. you know, to pay that forward. But you're right. If for any reason... I don't like the service. If I have horrible service, I still can't under tip because it's going to become a thing. And by the way, if you under tip, not just you, but the guy then goes on and says, this customer came in today and did this. And there's a story out there. Of and course, then a lot of that's the right. easiest way to get in. And by the way, we should do this. Yeah. You live like order something for five bucks and leave a thousand dollar tip will be everywhere. And you do that a couple of times, the podcast will get annoying. I just read that. So I was I was going through social media today. I just read that another person. Somebody, that see, somebody does yeah. that all the time. And pay they for get their college the, education. <laughs> Seriously. I say for the college tuition. If you could just do, if you like a $10,000 tip for a sandwich, yeah. just once, that'd be so. Sure. You can write it off. Yeah. It's, a write, it's a write-off. So, will you pay for the sandwich? So where, I got the tip. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market. 
as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> when did the swivel screen thing happen that intruded us? And is this going to continue? Is this the new technology that we're stuck with? Yeah, it's gonna. you're going to start seeing it even more places. I was just eating at a sit-down restaurant. I stayed at the table, and they brought an electronic device with my bill. And again, the server stood there as I God, had I to that. key in what my tipping decision was. Um, I hate that. Instead of just signing, looking at the little thing and doing that, and then I can hardly read wow. it. That's the size I want. I can hardly read it is the size. That, that's a menace to society. And then you got the New Yorker article that says that you should leave a minimum of 20% and based on your higher disposable income, you should tip more. Michael, can I go back? Because you, I, th- I think uh, I've read that you are, you know the, the reasons uh, behind this very well. Why is it, th- since everyone has some sort of tipping gripe or tipping anxiety, what is the downside of asking businesses to just charge us more for the item or the service and pass that on to their employees rather than us having to s- speculate? Is there is there a downside to it? Yeah, absolutely. People evaluate restaurants based on their expensiveness, based on menu prices. And if I eliminate tipping, I either have to impose a service charge or raise my menu prices. People hate service charges because it's a mandatory tip and nobody likes to be told they have to tip. And if I raise my menu prices, I look more expensive than my neighbors who have who use tipping and that allows them to have lower prices. I know you would think Customers are smart enough to say, yeah, the menu prices are higher, but I don't have to tip. But you'd be wrong. They're not smart enough to think that. Thank you. But that's the, the that's the whole Club Med model, right? Is that you go and you don't tip for anything. Everything's included. I, I mean, it seems to work there. Yeah, there are places where people don't want to be nickel and dimed, right? And so uh, all-inclusive model will work. But in restaurants... People are pretty price sensitive, and they're going to evaluate me as more expensive than my competitors. And we can't get together and collectively decide to get rid of tipping because that would be price collusion. How about that? I've also done the research and looked at online ratings of those restaurants. You know, there are a lot of restaurants, dozens of restaurants that have tried to eliminate tipping in recent years. Uh, At one point, there were about 200 of those restaurants across the country. So I did some research and looked at the online ratings of those restaurants, both before and after their move away from tipping. And in almost every case, their online ratings went down. Wow. And and those restaurants, I know that one in New York, the famous one, the high-end guy, Danny, whatever his name is. Uh, Danny Meyer. Danny yeah. Meyer tried it at his high-end restaurants, and it did not work after a while. And that's a high-end restaurant where yeah. the people can afford the food. Now, is Europe, right. Europe got away with, done away with tipping in most countries or no? Yeah, it's it's certainly not the way it is here. 
you would leave change in most European countries. Really? Literally just round the bill, you know? Really? And, so, wow. And I know when, I, when I've done that, by the way, I always feel... Like very wrong people when off. I've been in Europe and they go, it's you don't do it here. But don't you know what? It's, it's, and I leave a li you know a little something, but I always feel like if I left the proper tip, I would be breaking a custom. Or it's a very strange feeling. The 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 reason that you feel trapped, I think, is you go to a restaurant and they're paying minimum wage. They don't in Europe, by the way, they get vacation, paid vacation, right? Mm -hmm. So that's included, and they can make a wage here. The restaurant owner, because he's not going to pick it up because he can't afford it, allegedly. Right. Some can, some can't. You're now responsible for this guy being able to buy formula for his kid, whatever. And then, worse than that, the guys you're giving tips to in the front of the house, they have to figure out what they're going to do right, with the tip. Now they got to decide on the back. other guys. It's, right. it's up to yeah. them to decide what percentage the guys in the back can get. So the whole thing is like facocked. And as you said, it's going to it's only going to expand more and more. You wonder, like. You go to shoe, to buy shoes at Nordstrom or somewhere. The guy spends four four hours with you, brings out seven hundred boxes of shoes. You say thank you when you pick the shoes. He's not getting a tip. Realtor works with you for months to close a deal on a house. Does the research? Does yeah, the whole but deal. they're getting commission. But they, but you didn't. You ended. You know, I'm not buying the house. They get well. Schnee. They get nothing. They right. get schnee. That's okay, right. Okay, but that's a service. So how do you hide the service jobs? Well, if I order the Starbucks coffee and I go, you know what, I'm not paying for this. I don't want it. They don't get tipped either. I mean, if you're working on commission, right, Michael? But the job back is up here. <laughs> but they're yeah, with you. There's a, commissions are like a tip, but they're guaranteed. Did COVID is COVID the thing to change this whole thing? That all bets are off because of that. Certainly, tips went up during COVID, and we started tipping in circumstances where we didn't ordinarily. Right. And I've not seen any evidence that that's we've come down from that. We've come down from the peaks. Tipping really went up right when, you know, when COVID first hit that April, May uh, of 2020. People felt bad. And it came down a bit since then, but it's not back to pre-COVID levels. And by the way, with food costs up, I would imagine it's harder and harder and harder. You know, my, my buddy runs a, a, a series of clubs, and he said, I can't print a menu anymore. I have to put it on, a, on something digital because the price of chicken, like chicken wing, goes up so much. That I lose my shirt if it's at last week's price because they raised oh, the price. Oh, is prices. that why they're doing the QR codes? I thought it a was because they, they were moving towards no touch. Oh, he uh, said because if you got three hundred places, and every day the price of your chicken, the price of your potatoes goes up, and you're at yesterday's price, you lose on every on every oh, meal. That's so interesting. Yeah, so they got to be so the touchscreen has a reason there. But like you said, we're not going back once you're starting to do that. I got a question for you. Let me run through some categories here. Dog trainer. My wife trains our dogs, and no, I don't tip her. <laughs> we, we, we heard that. She, she got in touch. She has right, to mention one, it. The Jason and I, buffet. You're at a buffet. Who are you tipping at a buffet? Oh, well, we do tip at a buffet. Well, well yeah. You would often leave a small tip yeah, for, for the, the person that's going to clean up afterwards. Right, to bust the table. We do that. Okay. Um, Girl Scout cookie seller. They're sitting at the table. You're buying Girl Scouts. It may look bad for a 50-year-old guy to go, here's a little something for you. What's the etiquette of tip in there? The tip? I wouldn't tip. I wouldn't even think of tipping. Have you ever tried to tip a girl? I'm guessing by next year they'll have touchscreens. They'll be swinging around <laughs> going 50, 20, 40. Well, wait, yeah. before you get into the, the, I'm sure you have more that are off. The, but tell me if you can, maybe there's a, because I, I was surprised to hear that. So the average now uh, um, expected gratuity for a weight person in a restaurant is 30%. 
Oh, in New York City. It, okay. In upscale restaurants. In upscale no. restaurants. Yeah. Is it, but outside People of that. People are arguing that 20 is kind of the minimal tip now. There you go. Uh-huh. Okay. And 25 is a normal tip and 30 would be a good tip. Okay. I want to. No, that's not the heartland. Right, right. I got you. But I want to run like certain people that we are used to tipping. So what, like a bellman, what's, what's, do you know what the average is? Again. Depends on the hotel. I'm not an etiquette expert, right? Right. I would tip two to three bucks a bag. Okay. Mm. What about a a, a cab driver? 20%. Housekeeper at the hotel, generally? Three to five dollars a night. Okay. Food delivery? Depends. Um, like for a pizza, three to five bucks. Uh-huh. How about a pizza in Minnesota in the winter? I, I mean, the guy I had to go through a, a st- in Minnesota in the winter. <laughs> All I can give you is what I would do. Right, right? You know, I figure you've, you've got your finger on the pulse, Michael. That's what I'm thinking. If it gets what, hard, okay. What about mail delivery? You know, tipping uh, government employees seems a lot like bribery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I'd I like the way that. you roll. All right, last one: gardeners or or landscape uh, folk. No, because they're contractors and presumably have already billed me what they think it's worth. I'm feeling better about right, myself plumber, because plumber. I give to all of those people. Because you know you'll be outed as a no. As- you know what? Even when I was growing up as a kid, and you know, we, my family was very very working class. My parents gave holiday tips to. Uh, the garbage guys, the mail guy. We had milk delivery back then too. So you know, all those guys got. But but be honest, with, be honest and I've with, always carried on. Be honest tradition. with me. But the conversation in your house was: you got to give the garbage guy more than that because he's going to leave stuff. He's going to make. There's always a rationale behind. He did it, but there was a rationale. No, I, to tell you the truth, I don't they even didn't. know if everybody on our block was doing it. It was something that my parents believed in. Maybe they grew up with it in some to some degree, but. Um, they always felt that the people who are performing a service yes. for you year round, so did my, at the end of the year, should get. So did mine, but there was always a discussion of. I think that's too much. There was always the weigh in. Well, it's always a question of what what should it be. Yeah, what are you crazy? Yeah. You're giving the garbage guy then then you should give the mail guy. There was it was like right. it was a brutal discussion, which by the way happens at tables now at restaurants. I hate that too when you're sitting and you're settling up and it's a group and you're going um, and it's the guilt the guilt tip right. where you got to then. This, oh, he did better than that. The, the, so other jobs. Guy saves your life on the sidewalk gives you CPR. Tip? No. No. But he's tough. Say, he's a tough guy. No, you are tough. I, you know, take him out to dinner or something. Right? Sure. Yeah, okay. And then you, and have him leave the tip. Uh, the postal, <laughs> you know those postal stores? So now with Amazon, you drop off the thing. He has to box it. Yes, the rapid. Oh, he, the PO box. I we tip our PO box. Yeah, okay, sure. so that's a, how much do you tip? What percentage? We get. We give him a holiday gift every year. He's got to wait. Yeah. That's, how that's often that's do you become, go to the box? Well, somebody goes once a week. Well, I'm saying to drop it off. Just drop it off a return. We or drop off. We pick up. <laughs> our, our furniture delivery guy. Guys delivering your new hassock, your new sofa. What's the tip? If they're bringing it in the house. And especially if it's appliances and they're helping install it, yeah, leave 20 bucks or something. Yeah, see, I always do that. But the, like a plumber, even if I'm getting, like, killed with the bill, yeah. the guy who came. Yeah, because I always work, figure the, the, I don't know the, the guy back there, what he's giving him, how right, much he's taking. Exactly. So it's, yeah, yeah, you always. Want, you anybody want. comes to the house. To, and I'll tell you something. You talk about the celebrity thing. I always tip guys that come to our house because I, I, I say to them, you know, I'm, I'm sort of paying for their their discretion to go, now you know where I live. Please, oh. you know, don't. Don't do a thing. We have some pot dispensaries. That's a new thing. Oh. Michael Shirley. 
Uh, weed I'm, weed dispensary where you pick up your uh, your marijuana products. I have no idea. Oh it's sure, not legal Lying. in Ohio. Oh, Chris, yeah, doesn't have to. Oh, it's not legal in Ohio. So All the right, guy we'll who delivers it, we'll give him a link to you. What do you give him? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Michael, the, the real embarrassing part of this as we wrap up here is, Jason and I discuss this. Are we giving you? What are we sending you? I wanted to ask you, where's your digital tipping jar? See, uh, people are tipping for online so content. You just earned a digital Michael. tipping jar. God bless Ooh, you. Wow. Like Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math and Magic: Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark, more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, is there ever, have you ever refused, do you, in, in places like a restaurant where it is typical to tip, have you ever not tipped because the service was horrendous or for whatever reason? Watch the answer. Your face. No. Oh. You've no. always. I thought, always. boy, if reading that article where you said F off, 
I thought you'd say, yeah, if it's bad service, um, uh, the job is, that's your job. I've never gotten that bad a service. Mm-hmm. It would have to be pretty all. Can I imagine a circumstance where I would not leave a tip? Yes. Because I've heard of cases where servers are downright abusive and, and I won't pay someone to abuse me. But service is pretty good in this country. And I've always felt that the server deserved some compensation. You know, there are some uh, restaurants where you, you pay extra for, to be abused. <laughs> like the Carnegie Deli was a big, that was why you went to the Carnegie Deli to get a little abuse. <laughs> there are a couple. What are you always, having? Well, again, I'm it's, having it's uh, I'm having Nazi. corned beef. I'd like it on uh, on a white bread. No, it's, it's the soup. Get Nazi. out. Okay, the real soup <laughs> Nazi place. Did he take tips? I don't know if he took tips. By the time I got there in real life, the soup I was I was banned. In, in real, real life, life you were banned from yeah. the soup Nazi place. What's the name yeah. of the, play, the real place? Uh, it was it, it, Al Yagana was the guy that owned it. It was the soup kitchen <laughs> really on I think fifty fourth and eighth. And wh- um, why were you banned? For a very good reason, and I and I do understand. Um, you know, the episode made him very famous, and it and it did wonders for the soup kitchen. But uh, Al, um, it, oh. I don't know if he or his family, but they were survivors of the Holocaust. God, it's so we didn't want to be a Nazi. The, the, we called him a soup Nazi. Oh, so Jerry, he, so the whole so the whole show was not, not like that. And I was there like a, a year or two after we aired that episode, and somebody said, "Hey, Al, it's the it's the the kid from the show," and he went, "Get out." Get out. <laughs> it's a, it, art imitating real life. Yeah. So before you go, the one way around all of this stuff, the big loophole, cash. They don't swivel the screen. If you're going to give them cash, it, you, it, you whip it out before they turn the screen, and they don't have a chance to turn the screen. That's, that's your big... Yeah. That's, yeah. Your, oh, yeah. Oh, that's yeah. your cash. contribution. Cash is getting accepted now. Lots of places don't accept cash. I haven't carried the cash in I don't thing. know how long. This is America. This is a country that was driven by cash. Yeah, I don't carry cash. I, I don't think I've carried cash since the pandemic. Unbelievable. I can't, but excuse me, we don't take cash here. Hello? Oh, well. Yeah, I don't, uh, who carries cash? You carry cash? I do carry cash. That's good so to know. I don't, I don't, I don't want the on the way to the parking lot, that'll be a very good thing to know. If you don't carry cash, how do you tip yeah. the maid? Yeah, Jason. Or Anybody. the doorman? No, no, that's it. If I'm, if I, if I'm, tra- if I'm going to a hotel or something, but I'm talking in my day-to-day life. Okay. Um, if I'm going to have lunch with a friend, or I mean, I always know I'm going to be uh, tipping based on but, the I mean, it, credit card. What's interesting is people are developing apps for precisely those cases where we don't carry cash anymore and we want to tip. And it's a traditionally tipped occupation, uh-huh. like doorman, bellman, uh, hotel maids. If you're not carrying cash, it's pretty awkward. No. Well, you know what Absolutely. I just thought of? We should and develop. So we, they're developing apps to let you do that electronically. So now I have to ask the bellman for his information so I can send them. <laughs> yeah, they'll often have a, a QR code that you can scan. Oh my and then, God. by the way, he has your information. <laughs> yeah, so he, it's has what my, happened, he, he has, has my, my email. I have his email. I got to keep in touch. You know what? I want to develop an app so you can you can turn the thing around before they turn their screen and go. Uh, uh, I got the app here. I already paid you. So thank you very much. Yeah. But I paid it to Schultz, who owns Starbucks, to get it from him. Yeah. I thank you for coming on, sir. Pleasure yeah, to meet you. Yeah, and thanks for trudging through the snow to do this. You've got Take a great care. smile. Well. A million-dollar smile. <laughs> <laughs> so we are joined now. Uh, uh, Laurie, come in, because I want you in for this segment, even if we use it, not just as family, because you'll yell out something when Jason hits a bell. So Mr. Guggenheim. Yes. Who Googles the things during the show that we need clarity on and looks things up to tell us what we've done wrong. 
What happened this episode on tipping that you found? Well, out? there was a, a moment that I was waiting for that we didn't hit on, so I figured I'd just Google it and, and, and find the answer. Um, a 2015 study published by the Journal of Economic Psychology, it's a great publication, found that waitresses whose customers deemed them more attractive tended to get tipped more. Over the course of really, yeah. what a shock that one! <laughs> <laughs> it's, and it's sad that that's that's yeah, it, that okay. a waitress who's not as pretty. Guess how much more per year a a, a waitress who is considered to be attractive by the patrons gets in tips more than her cohorts. You mean percentage or, or dollars, dollar figure? Dollar figure. Uh, well, it kind of depends How can where you they tell? work. You have but diners, I, you know, yeah, yeah, two thousand dollars. One thousand two hundred and sixty-one dollars is the. Uh, All right. The weird, which is a lot. If you're the so weirder part, though, most of the increased tips came from women. Oh, from oh, really? really? That is mm -hmm. interesting. So it's women who are making this determination about attractiveness. Apparently, they are more than men. I have to say, personally, I, I mean, like I've said, I, I always feel compelled to leave a, a, a good tip, but it, it's very hard for a weight person to know because what I find I tip more for is the quality of the interaction. Did I enjoy them? Did, did they enhance exactly. the experience of dining there with their personality? If so. You do, but there are many times when you know we've all had it where you're you're trying to have a serious conversation at your table or you're in the middle of something, and you're just about to tell the punchline of a joke, and they go, "So can I tell you about the specials?" And you know, and they've killed your whole thing. So it's hard for somebody who is a weight person to know how much should I interact. You know what what is yeah, expected sorry, of me? Sorry, I interrupted your little story. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's a terrible position for well, them to be in because they have none of the information they need. And yet they are potentially being judged on the quality of their interaction. I was just laughing because we, we can't tell the story, but we eat out a lot. And you know me at a restaurant. If it's, if it's not going well, I'm vocal. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll yell, wow, wow, no, no silverware yet. No, so 20, 20 minutes with no silverware, but I'm good. I'm good. Because I try and make it fun. And then they always enjoy it. There's always laugh. You turn into sure, a laugh. Sure, yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's a particular place where Jason took me to that that is about joy and happiness. There's there's a restaurant that you know, a, you a, a, no surprise, a vegan restaurant where they name the dishes things like "I am an adjective," "I am resplendent," "I am glorious," and he yells. So first out, of all, well, first off, taking me there is a is, mistake. Is already a mistake. <laughs> right. I'm going to a vegan restaurant. Right, yeah, I'm everything eating, about it is I'm wrong. eating, and everybody there is going, no, I know it's a, a hedge from a lawn, right. but it tastes like a, a prime steak, and I go, not in any right. lifetime I've been in. And so. my favorite part is this, this, oh God, he yells out, he yells out in this restaurant, in the height of its lunch hour, I've been waiting 20 minutes for my I am patient! <laughs> <laughs> So that's that's my my. And by the way, the slide of I am happy, I'm not thrilled. <laughs> and he was dying, and they were all dying. Everybody was dying. The thing is, the place is so pretentious. So, oh, it's oh, lovely. Like, I gotta oh, tell you, if you, if, oh. if anybody knows the place I'm talking about, it's actually fantastic, and it's one of my favorite restaurants. But I'm not going to name names. No. But uh, yeah, no. So all right. So yes, what else, David? So uh, attractiveness is a determiner. Attractiveness is a determiner. Um, here's one you probably don't want to hear. Um, some of your fellow celebrities who have gotten blackballed on the internet for being bad tippers. 
Oh, we, oh don't, don't you, even, you don't even we shouldn't that. name names, should, but I know it's a it's a it's a terrible thing. And you know, sometimes I, I don't know. See, I don't know what the etiquette of that should be, honestly, because there is a contract that says, "Look, you know, I I don't have recourse. A celebrity doesn't have recourse other than to engage and go. Well, they were. I don't remember this. I thought I left a good tip, or they were a terrible server, or but and either way, it's it's just untoward." It, it gets very tawdry very quickly. May I just say that it is an inequitable system because there are a lot of customer service people who don't get it. That said, if I'm doing okay, I always tip excessively. And my problem is because it's such an emotional thing. Bad server, I start projecting. Probably having a bad day. Maybe the dad has cancer. Kid, wow. kid, I, I, I always insert a story and I'm starting to project what it is and I feel how bad. You went right to Dana's cancer. Yeah, how about how a headache? I feel yeah, responsible <laughs> and I put a story to the face and if they're the worse they are, yeah. the, the more, more I they feel, get. oh my oh, God, yeah, yeah. yeah the right. big, oh my God, there must be something going wow. on. Because everybody has, look, everybody's got a 50 pound bag of cement on their shoulder. I always tell my kid, when you cut off people in traffic, smile rather than give them the finger and they'll smile back. You can, you can, Diffuse by being sure, nice. Sure. So I try and be nice, but I do project the worse the service, the more active, because I figure something bad is going down in their life and I owe them that. To, to, to have a good, can I, a nice thing. Can I proffer you? Here, here's something. Proffer. You could try. I've heard the word proffer in a million yeah. years. Look that up. Go behind. Yeah. Proffer. Proffer. Yeah. Why don't you try this? Why don't, when someone performs a service for you, be it a weight person, a bellman, whatever it may be. You start with right? the hands, yeah. Why don't you, before you hand over anything, why don't you say to them, what do you think your service was worth? <laughs> What do you, what do you oh, think you I should tip? That is hostile. What do you think is, is proper? And I'll give it to you. Whatever it is, I'll give it to you. $1,100. Yeah, but then they'd be... That, see, but if you put the onus on them, see what it's... See, I'm not saying this would ever but work. I'm not were, advocating this. I'm just trying to make Peter have another... I would love for him. I, he'll do it. He'll go to a restaurant with me and he'll go, what do you think you're worth? <laughs> you know, he'll I'll do be, it. Honestly, if I'm at a restaurant with you, I will do it. But I'll go... Jason would like you to. <laughs> Jason would like to know what you think you're worth. Uh, Do you know from Seinfeld? He'd like to know what you think. You're all right, worth. this is the He'll last thing I'm going to say about tipping. Worth. And he's all got right? the money. Lord knows he's got. If the money. we're going to be tipping, I would like to add the following people: pilot lands the plane, give him a little something. I always do that. Surgeon, you did a hell of a job. You know, well, I get my, me out my, in thirty minutes. My dad's surgery. Right? I said I got to be out by four. Right. Fifty bucks. All right. The cop, fireman, EMT. Well, but the cop goes, you, "What's it? Are you trying to bribe me?" <laughs> right. What did we learn? Is that what we learned? We learned that we have reception. We have no idea who should get a tip anymore. It used to be so easy, and now it's all blurred. Like, I'm looking at you going, do I give him a five when we're done just because he, he did another episode? Listen, I already I started question. this episode by saying I haven't gotten a salary yet, let alone a tip. Oh, so let me ask you a question. Look at me in the eye. Yeah. What do you think you're worth? You, you couldn't afford it. <laughs> <laughs> you worked for the next uh, 10 years. You couldn't afford watch the episode. what I think watch, I'm Watch worth. the episode, then tell me what you think you're worth. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you have uh, uh, disposable cash, take care of the people around you. I think that's the thing we learned Always. today. Um, you know what? It's a, it's a kindness, and it's a benefit for everybody. So if you can afford to do it, do it and, and do it happily. We drop new episodes every Tuesday. If you're watching us on YouTube or whether you're getting us... Uh, on the iHeart app or the Apple app or wherever you get your i uh, your iPad, your iPad, <laughs> you, never, you, never your iPad. Watch, you can never wherever make it you get your iPad, yeah, wherever you get your uh, your podcast, we will be here for you, Peter. Thank you, and I'm going to take you out now, and there's a little extra something. And by the way, I'll add to Jason's something. thing: give 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 happily, and I say even if you're not happy, you should give. Yeah, anyway. yeah, yeah. yeah.
I'm waiting 20 minutes <laughs> for my eye That restaurant is... Goodbye, everybody. Thank you, David. Thank you, producer Laurie. We'll see you next time. Good rice pudding, though. Is it real rice? Oh, yeah, rice they can do in a vegan restaurant. I'm Tamika D. Mallory. And it's your boy, my son, the general. And we are your hosts of TMI. And catch us every Wednesday on the Black Effect Network, breaking down social and civil rights issues, pop culture, and politics in hopes of pushing our culture forward to make the world a better place for generations to come. Listen to TMI on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. That's right. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.